0: Welcome to White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and the true power of what is unseen let's discuss dreams intuition manifesting as above so below angels afterlife the science of consciousness and other infinite possibilities within and all around you i hope every episode informs inspires and illuminates so now the scene is set Allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle, glistening sands of White Shores to see what mystery lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores and beyond, a far green country under a swift sunrise. I realised that the story of ourselves, as told by science, our cosmology, our religion, was likely flawed. I recognised that the Newtonian idea of separate, independent, discrete things in the universe wasn't a fully accurate description. What was needed was a new story of who we are and what we are capable of becoming. I was quoting the words of American astronaut, Edgar Mitchell there. He was on his final mission to the moon and with the earth in sight, he had a profound sense of universal connectedness. This transcendent experience utterly transformed Mitchell, and he made the decision to devote the rest of his life to applying the scientific rigour used in his explorations of outer space to the mysteries of inner space, the space where he felt an indisputable sense of oneness with every one and everything. Here's an earth-shattering notion that I never tire of repeating. Mitchell walked on the moon, but what felt more awesome to him was his journey within and his experience of transcendent interconnection. Such a deep message here that the adventure and the meaning we seek out there isn't out there at all, It is already within. In 1973, Mitchell established the Institute of Noetic Sciences, IONS for short. The term noetic referring to the ability to tune into our inner world and unseen information that is not limited by space and time. Mitchell died in 2016, But to this day, a team of leading noetic scientists continue to use the power of science to investigate our inner space and supernormal experiences of interconnection, understanding that both a subjective knowing and an objective examination are required for a more complete understanding of the mystery of who we are and the meaning of life. When I first encountered Ion several years ago, forgive the pun, I was over the moon to find a team of scientists actually validating the experiences and beliefs collated in my many afterlife, dreams, and angel books. And I was even more thrilled when in 2019, the entire team of Ion scientists at the time, Dr. Dean Radin, Dr. Helena Wabe, doctor Arnold Delorme, doctor Garrett Yount, Dr Cassandra Viaton, Dr. Julia Mossbridge, and Dr. Lauren Carpenter all agreed to be interviewed on the very first season of White Shores. You can listen to those interviews if you scroll back to twenty nineteen, the very first season, season one, and you can hear my breathless excitement. I had no idea at the time I was recording them how loved and popular those episodes would become and they became the launch pad for me to invite other amazing scientists, psychologists, authors, experts, experiencers and practitioners onto White Shores in the years that have followed. And over the years the Ion Science team have returned as repeat guests time and time again on White Shores. And each time they do, they bring yet more eureka moments. And it's always thrilling to hear updates about their fascinating research and findings. I am deeply grateful for my collaboration with Ion's. And I am deeply grateful today to introduce you all to two new shining lights and voices from IONS. The first is the Director of Experience and Engagement at IONS, Dr. Kirsten Showquist. Kirsten has a Master's in East-West Psychology with a focus on transpersonal psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies, And prior to her role at IONS, she was CEO of Consciousness Arts. The second voice and light is Nina Fry-Kisler. She is senior designer of experimental programs at IONS. A former professor at John F. Kennedy University in the Holistic Health Education Master's Program, she also trained at the Center for Mind-Body Medicine and is a birth doula. Together, Kirsten and Nina have teamed up to create something very exciting called the IONS Possibility Accelerator, which in essence offers a scientific formula for manifesting your dreams based around three components. Reveal, imagine, ignite. Three powerful words and just saying them changes your vibration and feels like a moonshot. I hope my upcoming interview with Kirsten and Nina will offer some illumination and help you use their possibility accelerator formula to activate powerful transformation, growth and change within you and the world around you. And please do stay tuned after my interview with Kirsten and Nina, as I will immediately play an interview with a British geophysicist called Peter Granger, where he discusses a visionary relationship app he is developing. Now, the reason I'd love you to listen to that interview as well is not just because it is fascinating to listen to, but also because it illustrates how the pioneering science at IONS is actively inspiring people all over the world to use their scientific or creative skills to develop practical tools and techniques that can help you reconnect to your inner space, your heart and your soul. Peter Got in touch with me after I had the honor of presenting at the 50th anniversary of IONS celebration in 2023. And I could not feel more blessed that my collaboration with IONS these last five or so years has put me in the privileged position of being able to have such unexpected and illuminating conversations. So do stay tuned if you can for that discussion. But first, it is high time now to shine the spotlight on Kirsten and Nina and their possibility accelerator formula at IONS, which just might take you to your own infinity and beyond. Well, people, you've heard my introduction, and you've heard just how excited I am to introduce these two wonderful forces to you today. Nina and Kirsten, are you there? Hello. Hi, Teresa.
1: Yes, we're here. Thank you. We're so excited to be here with you.
2: Hi, Teresa. It's a delight to be here today. Thank you.
1: And the first voice you heard was was Nina,
0: and the second, Kirsten. This is a bit like a moon landing. (laughs) It feels that way, doesn't it? Of course, I'm mentioning the moon because you both work for um, an institution that I never tire of recommending to listeners of White Shores, and that's the Institute of Noetic Sciences. So please Nina, can I start with you? Would you mind introducing yourself to Whiteshaw's listeners, who you are, the catalyst for your fascination in the science of consciousness and your journey towards ions? And then, Kirsten, once Nina's done, if you wouldn't mind telling your story,
1: please. Will do. Sure. Yes. So I really got introduced to this work, uh, consciousness work is what I call it, um, when I was in my teens. I had an older brother who's 17 years older than I was, and he gave me a lot of books. And I just got really fascinated with this kind of work. And I was very fortunate because in my early 20s, I started working at the Institute for Spirituality and Health in Washington, D.C., and um, and i that was when I really got introduced to the research side of things and academia in this world of consciousness. So I was personally very interested, but then I got very excited about um, what was really a burgeoning and beginning kind of work in this field. So I was very fortunate and I went on to get my degree in holistic health education and I really um, focused on consciousness in that world and uh, consciousness and health. And so I actually went on to become a professor and I taught courses in consciousness in that same graduate program. And I just really fell in love with the intersection of research and personal experience because I think they really inform one another. So I think the research really informs our personal experience and I think vice versa, our personal experience then influences research. So um I just have felt incredibly fortunate to be at IONS and also to be working with Kirsten. And I think that our um, course is going to be really fun and I'm looking forward to sharing that with people.
0: Thank you, Nina. Over to you, Kirsten. Oh, thank you. Well, like many
2: people, I, as a child, just had a sense that there was more to the world than meets the eye. And even as I moved into my Teen years and adult years, I, I really held on to that. It just felt there was like there was something more out there. Um, in my late teens, I discovered the work of Jane Roberts and the Seth material, and that really resonated with me and started me on a lifelong journey of exploration. Um, at first, it was more of an avocation. I taught my first manifesting class around 1990. Um, things have come a long way since then, but eventually it turned into my passion. And so I, uh, got my master's degree in transpersonal psychology, uh, for a period of time. I had a private hypnotherapy practice. I developed a line of guided, uh, meditation journeys. Um, all along though, I also had this interest in the science side of things. I believe in the magical and yet I need some proof along with it. And so at some point, I discovered the Institute of Noetic Sciences and was a member for a long, long time. And then uh, in 2014, this, this magical series of events happened, and I became staff there. And so I've been there for almost 10 years now, 10 years this autumn. And I just really love that what Nina and I get to do every day is focus on those Practical, useful sort of treasures in your toolbox that the ion uh, that the science of ions is helping to illuminate in the world. Um, so I'm really very privileged and honored to be able to spend my days there.
0: Thank you. I love what you said there, Kirsten. I believe in the magic, but I need some proof. That is a book title. Um, so I'm going to ask you both, starting with Nina, direct personal experience of what you write and talk and teach about is often key. What is your direct personal experience?
1: Oh, well, that's a great question, Teresa. I think I'm going to refer to one very profound experience that I had, because honestly, this sort of infiltrates my life all the time. And I feel like I it, it used to be something that I considered separate that I didn't talk about um, so publicly, and this is something that, you know, I think we want to create a space for people to feel really comfortable talking about their experiences with this, but I'm going to call out one experience that I had with someone at, um, the Institute of Noetic Sciences. I actually had a samadhi experience of direct knowing and access to noetic knowledge, and it was, really profound. It was both intellectual, but it was also very personal to me. And um, I'll just say that it had to do with my mother at the time who was, um, she was ill, and she was about to die. And um, it really just showed me things that I did not have access to otherwise. And it, it created a sense of peace within me that I have never experienced in my life. And it helped me transition through that entire experience in a way that I don't think I would have had I not had that. And I was profoundly grateful for it. And it stuck with me all these years later. That was probably 15 years ago. So thank
0: you. Thank you for sharing that, Nina. Kirsten?
2: Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's funny. Nina's story sparked a memory of one of my experiences involving my mother as well. Um, This is the opposite end of the spectrum in that it was about my own birth. And in this experience, I traveled back to being in the womb and deeply, deeply felt her feelings during that time. It was challenging for her. She was a young, unwed mother in the early 60s. It was very scary. And so I could really feel what she was going through and what she was experiencing. And also began to recognize how maybe that started to affect me as a little tiny beginning of a human being back then. Um, but it evolved into a just really beautiful healing experience. Um, and you know, I don't have again, scientific proof that that was literally the experience that I had as a, as a little tiny fetus, but it felt that way. It impacted me that way. And I still feel my mother also has passed and I still feel a deep, deep connection to her. Um, even deeper because of that experience
0: oh thank you um, direct personal experience matters so much doesn't it um, although the science matters it is when it happens to you that kind of almost do you feel sometimes that it almost like doesn't matter about the science when you've had that personal experience how do you both feel about pe- when people say something like that well I believe the science doesn't matter
1: Nina. Um you know, so I have I'm in an interesting role at the Institute of Noetic Sciences because I worked on the science team for many years. I was a clinical research supervisor with um the um what someone who was the president of Ions for a while, Cassie Beaton. And I'm the science liaison right now. So I sort of talk about my role as the so what role. So we have the science. And then it's, so what about the science? How do we use it in our day-to-day life? So I have an interesting perspective, which is that I think that the science isn't everything, but it goes a long way to help people validate their own experiences. And I think that's really important. I think it's a really important role for the science, but I think that the science has to be accessible, um, and so that is where I think Kirsten and I really try to focus, is making it accessible to people so that they really feel like on a day-to-day basis, they can take what they hear and validate their own experiences and and sink more deeply into them. And, yeah, so that's what I would say.
0: Absolutely. Validating your experience of something invisible, unseen that's so important. It really is, and that's where the, the science can help. It really can. Also, when you're you're debating with skeptics, it's very helpful. Yes. But I've used these terms: Kirsten, in um, science of consciousness," the Institute of Noetic Sciences. For people new to White Shores and to what you research and have devoted your life to, would you mind just breaking down those terms? What is the science of consciousness? Is it the same as noetic wisdom? Could you just explain these terms that we've we've been using for people who are totally new to this?
2: Aren't the terms fun? It is. It does get tricky in parsing them, keeping track of them, and so on. Um, Essentially, Ions studies the profound mysteries of human experience, right? So things like energy healing and psychic abilities, and channeling and altered states of consciousness, and and. These are all human experiences that humans have claimed for thousands of years, um, millions of years, but mainstream science either completely ignores them or at worst can ridicule or pathologize them. And so come understanding the words can be super important when having conversations. Um, Nina was just talking about how uh, science can add to the validity of your own experience. It's not completely necessary for, for an individual, but science is sort of the lingua franca of the world. It's the, it's a common language. And so the word noetic was coined by our founder, uh, Apollo 14 astronaut, sixth man to walk on the moon, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Um, and it is a, um, it's based on the, I believe it's the Greek root nous, uh, which means interconnection and whole. And it essentially refers to these deeper experiences of a universe in which everything is interconnected. And it, uh, it also leads to the ions guiding hypothesis, which is... Everything is interconnected, and by embodying an awareness of this interconnection, we can tap into information and energy not limited by space and time and profoundly amplify transformation, innovation, and well-being. And so that all goes under that rubric of consciousness research, consciousness studies, consciousness explorations, and also noetic, which refers to that sort of greater Mm, greater deeper interconnection and access to inner wisdom
0: thank you and and also thank you to for all the work you do at ions because i about 10 years ago i was searching for the science i knew it mattered i wasn't quite sure why but i i couldn't understand it i'm not a scientist as you know not everyone listening to this podcast will be a scientist and what i found with ions is what you said i think kirsten or nina i can't remember i think you probably both think it so doesn't matter who said it that you make it accessible and practical and how it can apply in your daily life and that's exactly what you've done with this um possibility accelerator formula nina could you introduce us to that um
1: please absolutely yes um so I do want to first just say that this came really originally from Kirsten. She dreamed this up. And I think that we've both learned that um, these things arrive when it's their time. And so I really want to give her um, kudos for that. And so we developed it together and it is a three-part uh, formula. It is not linear. It has um, distinct uh, components to it, so it's reveal, imagine, and ignite, and it's about the capacity to, as Carson was explaining, access uh, information from beyond space and time. So the reveal part is really about paying attention to information that comes to us and learning how it is that we receive that information. And imagine is really the part where we manifest, we imagine things, we create things in the world. And the ignite um, part of the formula is really about where we get into action. And so it takes what can be considered somewhat, um, I don't want to say standard, but more familiar goal setting practices, but it really infuses them with more noetic guidance. And we, change them to make them really customizable for every person. So it's really about us facilitating a process where people learn for themselves what works for them and guide themselves through this process. So we are teachers, but we are really just facilitators to help people learn more about how they access that information, how they express that information, and how to best guide themselves through a process to getting to their moonshots.
0: Wow. Wow, wow. Kirsten, um, before you created this course with the Shift Network, we're going to talk about that in a minute, was it available, the Possibility Accelerator Formula? Did you trial it through IONS first?
2: Yes. Actually, it sprang out of our 2019 uh, International Conference, which was actually titled The Possibility Accelerator. And as part of that, Nina and I and our team uh, put together a booklet, and this is that's what really started us on this deep dive of how experientially can we use the power of possibility to accelerate change and transformation in our lives. So we put together a uh, a, a mission guide <laughs> that we used for the conference, and that was very successful. So immediately following the conference, we offered our conference attendees. Um, an online workshop focusing on the uh, concepts that we had discovered. We'd we'd essentially landed on this formula that there, as Nina was saying, reveal, uh, imagine and ignite. Reveal is about being open and having information come to you. It's about attention. Imagine is about intention, sending your energy out into the universe, out into the world and ignite is infusing all that stuff into your daily life so that just this just becomes a part of who you are. And so after that first um, briefer class, we developed a full fledged offering that we have been giving through IONS for the last few years. I think we've offered it three or four times. Um, and it's really fabulous. We've enjoyed our time very, very much. IONS as a science organization is not necessarily um Set up to bring this to a, a larger world So we're really delighted to partner with the SHIFT Institute on this latest iteration of it We've expanded the work that we did previously We um, not only are Nina and I facilitating this, but we're also having guest lectures from um, ION's chief scientist Dean Radin and our director of research, Helene Wabe, who I know you have interviewed both on this uh, podcast Um, And so we're really trying to make this uh, course super relevant and the possibility accelerator itself super relevant for what we need in the world today. And quite honestly, the, the, the formula itself is really pretty simple. Uh, enacting it in your life takes the focus, takes some dedication, takes some uh, attention and some shifting. Um, But it's, it's really relatively easy to say,
0: what am I receiving?
2: What am I intending? And how do I take action with
0: that? You have broken it down so delightfully simple. Thank you. Thank you for that. But how did you actually, did you sit down and just sort of create a formula? Did it, was it channeled? Did you do, obviously it's based on your research. I'm, I'm interested in the creation of it,
1: Nina. Uh, you know, uh, it was really a, a very uh, iterative process, I would say. And I think Kirsten, as I said, really had this vision of what it would be. And then I had experience, <coughs> excuse me, in the past from teaching. And a big part of my h- history with teaching has to do with the challenge of change and really digging into how it is that we change, how do we transform? And I think that that became sort of a a thread that, that worked throughout the curriculum that we developed. And I, I really love that piece of it because I think that it's really important. I think that there are the action steps that we take, but I think it's also really important to be able to have um the the perspective of really looking at ourselves and asking ourselves the questions about how we uniquely change because i think it is different to every person and so, and we have certain roadblocks to changing that we also have to look at and we have ways that catapult our change. And those are also really important to know about ourselves. So I think we really wove all of that into all the different steps and the um, components of this, of this formula.
0: I hear you. And Kirsten, Nina just mentioned about how we are all unique. So let's talk about the first component, Reveal because it seems to me from what you're saying that this is how you determine how you access noetic information. Um, would you mind just talking a bit more about the different ways people can access it and why it's so important to find the way that is most suited to you?
2: Yes, thank you. Um So, the reveal practices are those kinds of practices that tap into that interconnected nature of reality, the concept that we have this information and energy that is coming toward us or, or that can be revealed to us in essence. And as, as you were suggesting, we each have our own unique inner gifts. Um, at IONS, our scientists have done um, a series of research Uh, programs around the concept of the noetic signature and that is the unique way that each human receives and projects that kind of energy and information and the research reveals that it is truly diverse Uh, it's really quite astounding so for some people receiving that sort of inner wisdom interconnected wisdom the noetic wisdom Uh, might be felt in their bodies, right? So they might suddenly just get this like gut feeling or or tingles, goosebumps or something we hear about often. Other people, words will drop into their head, phrases, songs. For other folks, they'll notice synchronicities in reality. Suddenly a billboard will pop up and have a message for you that's not about the product it's selling but truly relates to your life. And so there are many, many, many different ways that reveal can uh, appear in your life. And part of the practice when we when we bring this all together into Ignite is to understand a bit about your own noetic signature, how you tend to receive this and then setting a stage to allow it to happen more often, for example, priming it. So um, there are practices like meditation um, and other sorts of things where you can just um, now we're sort of mixing things, but set the intention to have reveal show up in your life. So you're consciously inviting and engaging that information in. And uh, it's just it's a lot of fun to think about all the practices that you might do. There are certain things that work like sort of in the moment where you maybe just take a pause and a deep breath and breathe and remind yourself that you have access to this information. Or maybe you have a whole weekend to go do a holotropic breathwork (laughs) workshop or something and and really spend some time with it. But it's, it's just about creating those practices, places and moments where you can be open to that information. Once you start to look for reveal, oh my goodness, it's just, it's everywhere. And um, it sometimes it can be overwhelming. <laughs> so you also want to have a way to put that into action and discern um, what you should move forward with.
0: And of course, Nina, you can also look in your dreams, can't you? Your nighttime dreams. Um, I'm curious how much noetic wisdom comes through
1: dreams according to your surveys,
0: nocturnal dreams.
1: You know, I think that, it it, again, it is very different for everyone. And I think a lot of people have had experiences of information arriving through dreams. There's also lucid dreaming, which is something that we study at IONS as well. And a lot of people have had really profound experiences in that respect as well, because they have the capacity to more consciously interact with their uh, dream state in a way that uh, we don't normally. So I would say that dreaming is absolutely something that we see show up in a lot of the research that IONS has done.
0: Yay! (laughs) I'm happy about that. Kirsten, let's go to, to imagine. You've already touched on this already, but is this manifesting for people who are, you know, familiar with that term are you talking here when you're talking about imagine are you talking about manifesting which is a trend that is so current right now
2: right right well in my mind this entire process is about manifesting because even information as it reveals to you is going to help you craft and guide A more fulfilling, uh, meaningful life for you. But it is true that the sorts of um, processes that are involved in the Imagine component of the formula are the ones that show up quite often when people are talking about manifesting. And that's because Imagine is so much about intention. It's about having a desire that you want to see in a particular action um, or result. So energetically, you can think of it as having that outward movement, right? The little seed of an idea starts within you and then it grows out into reality. So it's about projecting, sending that information um, out into the universe. And so these sorts of practices are super useful when you want to expand upon or clarify your dreams or the things that you are trying uh, to manifest. These are practices that um, can be used to give it energy and purpose and aim. I think of um, imagination as sort of the fuel to our manifesting process. So, yes, all sorts of practices from visualization to daydreaming, um, memory and reflection exercises, definitely dream work. Uh, Visual arts, vision boards, collaging, writing. There's just a million, million ways (laughs) that you can put your
0: intention
2: into action in the world
0: fantastic and scientific research behind it too nina moving on to ignite um, i love listeners of white shores to have something practical that they can immediately sort of apply even if it's something very simple is there just some tip you can give listeners of white shores who are intrigued by all this and wanting to find out more, but would love a, a little practical tip, a sample of something that would, would be happening on your course. Obviously not all of it, absolutely. but just a sample.
1: Yes. So uh, one of the theories that I just absolutely love is from um, a theorist called Prochaska, and he created, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a, it's called the Stages of Change. And so we took that and we actually made it more um, noetically inclined is what I would say. So I think one of the biggest things about that theory that is so important is that we all have to check in with ourselves and figure out where we really are in the process of change. And it's wherever you are is completely fine. We just kind of have to meet ourselves at that place. And support ourselves in the best ways that we can. And so there are several different phases of change. So there's contemplation, there's pre contemplation, there's action, all of those things. And every single stage of that um, particular theory has been integrated into the ignite um, that module of our of our program, and so you can really work with yourself to see what can best support you wherever you're at, and um, and it's what's wonderful about it is that again it's not linear, so you can move back and forth through these different phases of change and support yourself for wherever you are. And I, one of the um, the phrases that I really love that's from a friend is that. Uh, you're in the best hands you can be in your own because we really believe that you know yourself best. And we're really just here to facilitate you getting to know the parts of yourself that are looking to get more deeply into the noetic world and use that to support yourself.
0: Thank you. Kirsten, is there a practical tip you would like to share or you intuitively feel listeners of White Shores need to hear?
2: Oh, I, I so love that you asked this question, Teresa, because, you know, the practical, the experiential is everything. This stuff is very inspiring. But if you don't actually use it in your life, it that gets back to the so what factor that, that Nina was mentioning. So for me, the practical is so important. And I would say start wherever you are. Take one small step. So think of one Reveal practice that you might do. Um, Again, you may say every day at lunch. I'm going to stand outside under that giant oak tree and just commune with nature for 10 minutes and that will open me up to the, the deeper interconnected whole and get me relaxed and ready for what might be coming my way. And then with Imagine, I've done so many things over the years, and my own personal possibility accelerator formula changes from year to year. So there were times where my Imagine practice was to take sticky notes uh, with my affirmations and intentions and put them inside the uh, bathroom mirror so while I brushed my teeth in the morning, I could reinforce my intention. Um, so I think my my best bit of advice is start where you are now. Pick one from each of those categories, and that's the action. That's infusing it into your daily life. And um, start to see where that takes you.
0: And keep it simple. I love that. Thank you so much, because life can feel very complicated at times. This is not going to be complicated. It's going to simplify and clarify for you and bring you some much-needed inner peace by the sounds of it. Nina and Kirsten, whoever wants to answer, what's the best place for people to find out about you both, IONS, this course, um, and to to sign up for this course? And my question also is the course obviously costs something and not everybody can afford it. So for people who who are really drawn to it but simply can't invest their funds, could you offer some advice for them as well?
2: Absolutely. So the first place to go for information is the IONS website, which is noetic.org, N-O-E-T-I-C dot O-R-G. And there is so much information there. Um, And again, that is a fabulous resource for just what you were speaking to, Teresa. People don't always have resources, uh, monetary resources to invest this. But if you can invest time, there is videos there. We have free webinars throughout the year. Um, So uh, those videos are available. We have a huge YouTube channel. Um, lots of places. Oh, incredible blogs, deep research. So lots of things for you to explore and use personally there. If you are interested in taking the course that we're offering along with the shift shift network. Um, you can go to noetic.org/possibility, and that will forward you off to the Shift Networks page, which is a, a lot longer and more complicated. And I don't remember the URL. Um, it is—it is a paid course. They do have some uh, options for um, uh, uh, blanking on the word scholarship. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> with scholarships and just like that, something came out of the ether and landed in my head. <laughs> <needs>. <laughs> so um, to make, they offer a couple of payment plans. You can do it in three payments of uh, $128 US, or you can save 10% by paying uh, $349 US. And um, you can find information on their website. And again, if you go to noetic.org/possibility, we will forward you, forward you there.
0: I love that from my experience at the Shift Network. They were saying to me, we do offer scholarships, but people just don't feel that it's worth bothering to do that because they think, oh, no, they say no. Give it a try. Life is an experiment. If you really want to do this course, write in, put your case. If you can't afford it, please check out the Institute of Noetic Sciences. I can I've lost count of the number of times I've said this because you won't regret it. You will always be grateful for your connection to them. Of that, rest assured, if you're interested in your own spiritual awakening and growth and healing and interconnection um, and finding deeper meaning, you couldn't find a better website. And there's so much free there. Nina and Kirsten, I'm so grateful for you both and for offering this course. I hope it does extraordinarily well and that more follow. And just before we go, people have heard your voices, but that's audio only you can tell a lot about a person from their voice you know people are channeling now for people who don't know who you are yet would you mind both answering these three questions so I can get some avatars some images of you both and the three questions are just what your intuition says Nina I'll start with you sure. um if you could be an animal a color and a musical instrument what would your three fire answers be
1: um Uh, Animal, cat, uh, color, purple. What was the last question? Musical instrument. Piano.
0: Okay, we have Vanina, a purple cat, playing the piano. Kirsten. Kirsten. Well,
2: I'm going with a mythical animal, the pegasus. And uh, purple is also my color, and I will say drums.
0: Okay, we have a purple pegasus playing the drums alongside a purple cat playing the piano. That's the beginnings of um, a cartoon, a band. I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it. It's just have those images in mind when you search them out and, and the Institute of Noetic Sciences, because it's all about infinite possibility. And that's in your mind already as you're mulling those images and and the wisdom of Nina and Kirsten. Thank you from my heart and soul for your precious time today. Oh,
2: thank you so much, Teresa. You are such a dear friend and champion to IONS. And uh, we are so, so grateful to be able to speak to your, your podcast family today. So thank you for the time. It's greatly appreciated.
0: Truly hope that interview spoke to you clearly, excited you. And if it did, do check out IONS and the Possibility Accelerator Formula course. All details can be found in the show notes. All links as well can be found in the show notes. Now, you may recall at the start of this episode, I promised to play my IONS-inspired interview with a brilliant British geophysicist called Peter Granger. And so, without further ado... Let's roll the tape. I have a brilliantly illuminating and healing guest for you today. He's a fellow Brit, and his name is Peter Granger. I'm fairly new to his work, so you'll be learning alongside me in this interview, which I always find so exciting because it's so authentic and natural. I do know he researches in the power of the heart. Now, we all know how The heart has tremendous power in our lives. But Peter has taken it to the next level. And he actually got in touch with me because I was on the IONS uh, panel celebrating their 50 years of research. IONS, for those of you who think, what is she talking about, is the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And we will talk more about IONS in this interview. But for now, I'm going to say hello to Peter and stop talking. Hello, Peter.
3: (laughs) Hello. Thank you for inviting me to speak today.
0: Thank you, Peter. So that was a bit of a garbled introduction. So people are saying, well, who is this guy? Teresa, come on, get to the point. Peter, can you please explain who you are and what you do? Because I know it would be far more eloquent than okay. I can do. Well,
3: basically, what I've been doing is researching for the last 10 years, researching how two hearts, heart rates patterns synchronize when we're in a relationship. And we've made some pretty astonishing discoveries. Um, Some of them are very radical. So hopefully I can describe some of those today. Um,
0: I'd love you to. I'd love you to. But before that, before we go into your research now, you know, and you work also with HeartMaths, I know know them very well, and and, and all that. I'm fascinated by your backstory, your training, and what drew you to this world, this transcendent world—the you know what, the, what is invisible and unseen in our lives—which Ion specialises in researching. What drew you to it in the first place? What's your genesis, your origins? Right. Origin okay.
3: Story? Well, I'll make it as brief as possible, but it's it's quite an un, unusual career um, story, really. So I started as a geophysicist in the oil industry, searching for oil and gas, and absolutely loved that job. Absolutely loved it. It was all about rocks and grounding and geology. <laughs> Um, But I became increasingly interested in psychology, particularly innovation and creativity. Why why I was more creative one day than another? And I soon realized it was down to the way I was being led, you know, how the leaders were behaving. I had some leaders that made me feel more creative than others. So that got me thinking. And I eventually left um, the oil company I was working for, set up my own company to teach creativity and innovation. So that took me into other industries. And that was going really well, and I was totally enjoying it. But then, as is often the case, something happened in my life. My, my marriage actually failed. It was a complete shock, and I was left devastated. That's the honest truth. And it took me a couple of years to, to really re- begin to recover. And it was the discovery of a, a psychological model um, called the Psychology Vision, an organization run by Chuck Spazzano and Lenzi Spazzano. Not not many people know about it, but they have this amazing uh, model, psychospiritual model, and I went to one of their workshops and immediately began to understand where things had been difficult and where, where I was going wrong. So I was so taken by this that I, I did lots and lots of training with them and became one of their trainers for a short while. And that got me to change over to being a essentially psychotherapist uh, relationship coach. Um, and it was there I began to notice physiological changes um, when I was helping clients and when clients were going through healing processes. And I'd noticed the same effects when I was in my own training, um, particularly when I was making strong eye contact. Uh, what was one of the exercises we did was was called joining um, and that's when we make strong eye contact with a little bit of music playing for a, quite a long duration. Eventually, a connection forms. this is with strangers often and um I notice physiological changes and that 's what I set out to to study in my research, so that was quite a long winded <laughs>
0: no it's fascinating. Um, it's interesting again you say you uh, you kind of take a broken heart and turn it into art in a kind of way so many people I speak to on white shores there's usually kind of Mm. a seminal moment whether that be a bereavement a broken heart a life Mm. shock isn't it that propels you to find deeper meaning and purpose and that that's certainly what you did Um, where was the connection with ions when did you first find out about the institute of noetic sciences yeah that that was a
3: bit later on because well I'll tell you about the research in just a moment but I had, I had basically Please. run through my own research program and then started looking as if for other people who might have, have done similar things. And sure enough, I found heart math first and then ions have linked to heart math in many ways. Um, and then found other people who've done similar things. But nobody, by one person, <laughs> um, Dorothy Mandel, who did a, a PhD with ions, she had done a similar, very short duration experiment to me and she had found the same thing. So apart from that, I can't find anyone else who's done what I've done. And um, that's extraordinary in itself. Why is that? Why have we not measured the heart? We've measured the brain over and over again, <laughs> but not the heart. And, you, you know, you say things that are hiding in plain sight. They are. All this data that I've got, I think, has just been hidden from, from us, from society, because we haven't done the experiments.
0: So what, again, you, you asked that question to me kind of maybe rhetorically, but I mean, why is it? What, what's your theory there?
3: Well, I could go I could go very deep, deep on this, is- uh, right to the spiritual stuff. But I think we're actually afraid of our hearts. We're afraid of opening them. And, you know, it's not just a simple, I call it fluffy, you know, all lovey-dovey, just open your heart and everything works. There's a barrier to that. And we can see this in the data we're recording now. We have a resistance to connecting because the first thing that comes up is the pain. And we have to deal with it. And rather than deal with the pain, we keep the heart closed and um, suffer generally because of that. We have to defend the heart. Um,
0: Do you think this goes back to ancient times, you know, when opening your heart, you know, trusting, making yourself vulnerable was literally a matter of life and death? That we kind of—it's kind of inbuilt in us to be paranoid, to be defensive, because we had to be. But you know, obviously, society has evolved now, hasn't yeah. it? When we're not in a life or death situation, if you are a relationship finishes yeah. or whatever, but we're still kind of programmed back in ancient times. Do you think that's something think, to do with it? That it's—it's it's really. I think we have—we
3: have—we certainly evolved. It's, a, it's between the brain and the heart, really, and we've become a very brain-centric world. Essentially, and we're getting more and more brain centric, it seems in places. And that, that to survive, we've gone to the material. We've gone to separation. We've separated because that seems the sensible thing mm. to do to look after number one, to, you know, the ego and all that. But actually what we need to do, and it's quite clear now as a, as a species, we need to get together. We need to connect and we need to connect through the heart and then use the brain with all its amazing intellect to solve the huge problems we, we know we're all facing. Everyone can see them um so it's an evolution survival thing but we've lost sight of maybe in the past actually i think we were more connected Uh, we were more natural in the way we reconnected with the earth and with other people and with animals um Mm.
0: Mm. i hear you um i I like what you're saying is that we need to balance the two Mm. That's what you're saying, that the brain, and I'm campaigning for that at the moment, I think, you know, the brain, the material, the ego, Mm. consciousness has got far too dominant. And what we need to do is bring the balance back to dreams, back to the inner world, back to heart connection, to love. Um, And of course, people like yourself are pioneering that and bringing in your your scientific minds as well, which is astonishing, actually. I I couldn't believe it when I first encountered ions, because I've been writing in this area for years. And I thought it was just a matter of belief, you know, and and then you meet these scientists, people like yourself. I mean, your background's in geophysics. It's incredible. This this, this gives me hope, you know, because I'm a very arty background. So, you know, people understand, well, I understand why she's there. But people who are scientific, grounded in the world, in in logic, in in reason, are also researching this now. I, I find that a cause of great to, yes, course, to no, i agree there
3: are, there are more and more people doing it. i mean there, there's a bit of a synchronicity here because the very mathematics i use to essentially find oil and gas and i was lucky enough to find quite a bit um is exactly the same mathematics i'm using to study the heart rate patterns exactly the same so i i was like i was ready made to do the maths and the the physics on it so um,
0: so Thank you. And of course, the world's greatest scientist, I mean, Einstein springs to mind, you know, they're highly creative, intuitive, listening to their dreams to inspire them for their great theories, which have pushed humanity forward. And you can go through time, really, and look at, you know, great scientific discoveries and innovations that have been inspired by that leap of faith, which isn't rational, which isn't logical. Um, Let's go back um, with heart maths. Um, for people new to HeartMath, would you mind explaining who right. they are and, and how you are connected okay, to them? Okay, so
3: the HeartMath – well, let's start with the HeartMath Institute, which is their academic research institute. They've been going for, for decades now studying heart rate patterns. And, I mean, they've done a huge amount of fantastic research, and it has been published, you know, formally published, peer-reviewed, etc. cetera. And um, they – Essentially have shown that when we are in a state of love appreciation and gratitude, that our heart rate patterns turn into this well, it's actually quite a beautiful sine wave via the breathing, so breathing is really important here, and we naturally move into a slightly lower frequency, so we we breathe longer in and out longer and deeper and that's completely natural when that happens, all sorts of benefits happen to the body, mental, physical and indeed I believe spiritual, and we can become more healthy because of that. And they have specialized in what they call coherence, which is that pattern trying not trying, but actually helping people to get into coherence, that lovely pattern, that, that balance pattern. And they, they have devices on their more commercial side where they, they sell a device that, that allows people to monitor their heart rate in real time and go through breathing meditations essentially. Um, that raise the level of coherence, um, and it's a very, very powerful, very simple technique actually um, for healing without any drugs or anything. You know, it's uh, you know.
0: beautiful, isn't it? Heart coherence, um, the power of the heart, and, and tuning in to your heart yeah, it's rate.
3: so simple. So simple.
0: And knowing so simple that when your heart is calm yeah. and the rhythm is steady, that you're you're going to feel better obviously i mean it's it's so obvious but like many things in life we often (laughs) neglect the obvious don't won't we and what you've done is you've developed an app to actually demonstrate the synchronization is that between two people let me just
3: go back one Um, step to the heart math because what we've discovered and we didn't discover this immediately was there's an association between that beautiful pattern that balanced lovely pattern where we are feeling love appreciation gratitude and the synchronization. So when we're in that state, and it's a meditative state, and it's, it's a loving meditation, so it's not just an individual, it's, it's sending love to, to others <laughs> and care. It can be towards oneself, of course. But here we're talking about two people in our first experiments. Um, when that happens, that's when we synchronize. So we both go into that coherent pattern when we're feeling love for each other. And that's what the app now measures in real time, So you can monitor the quality of a relationship, how loving it is, (laughs) very simply, by both monitoring two heart rates simultaneously. Um, Yeah.
0: That's fascinating. Is it a bit like the yawning thing when someone yawns and somebody else picks it up, that when you're with someone that you feel connected to? Absolutely. In fact,
3: uh, sighing as well. Sighing is related (laughs) to love as well, isn't it? When we have a... No, no Teresa. No, this is really good because we can measure that and see those steps in the heart rate patterns. I'm actually looking at one now. I've got one in front of me. Um, one of our one of our experiments. The very first distance, because this works at a distance as well. I should should stress that as well. It Doesn't work just locally. Um, and actually, that's what we discovered first. Uh, the story is sort of reversed to to a, a logical flow of, of discovery. Um, so, yeah, you, the sighing is part of those patterns. And, um, yeah.
0: This is brilliant stuff. So you're saying somebody in a long-distance relationship, for example, you could kind of understand th- the strength of that relationship through having heart rate monitors on them both. Yeah. At should, a distance. I, should I
3: tell you the story of how we found that? Yeah.
0: Please, please. This is yeah. so interesting. So, so the
3: first year or so – um, I I did the experiments in a room with a friend of mine, a very good friend who's, you know, who's who's in, on the healing path, you say, so he knows all about this stuff. And we, sh- we showed that we synchronized locally, close to, okay, a couple of meters apart. We were making eye contact. And that in itself was quite exciting. I didn't know anyone else had discovered that already, but they had. <laughs> and so I researched that around. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so we did a few more experiments and then, I was away running a training course in my old business. I did a bit of training in the technical side in Edinburgh. So my wife Claire stayed here in uh, in Essex. I said why don't we for a bit of fun try the same experiment we did in you know with my friend together when we are over 300 miles apart which is what we were. So we were lying down both lying down I was in a hotel we put the monitors on recorded into a heart math system it was at that time we said ready steady go to start and everything then synchronizes and then I we did that for 20 minutes and just felt love for each other so I then just you know switched off the machine went back to the course I was running it was a one-week course almost forgot about the experiment until I got home and then I plotted it out and I couldn't believe my eyes because it was doing exactly what had been happening in the office at home I thought, this is impossible. This is absolutely impossible. And what's more, the breathing pattern from both, both of us was synchronizing. And I, you know, my training, all my scientific training said, this is impossible. Peter, you've done something wrong. You've done something really stupid. And I then spent I reckon, about four more, five years doing lots and lots of experiments, hundreds of experiments to convince myself that it wasn't a silly error or something else you know there are other possible explanations um, like we were both picking up radio 4 somehow through our brains or something <laughs> you know there are other explanations but we have um is it okay to go on and say a bit more because
0: please i I'm, because I'm the great. next
3: step having shown that we could do that at distances apart i said well what's causing it what's the mechanism and the research that has been peer reviewed because this unfortunately we haven't got this into a university yet more about that later maybe but um the peer-reviewed research has said it's something to do with the quality of the relationship and it's been put down to body language shared body language rhythmic activity um seeing someone else's chest moving up and down <laughs> seeing you see the senses well of course locally that's quite possible and probably goes on that couldn't be going on 300 miles apart. There was no telephones, there was no internet. So I say, right, let's monitor this in real time. And that's where really where the app came out because I said, if I can change my feelings, largely towards my wife, she's done a lot of experiments with me, if I can change my feelings of love for her and then distract myself, I should see those patterns changing and the synchronization coming and going. And that's exactly what we see. I can now pretty much at will, raise my my wife's heart rate and change her patterns towards more coherence, that, that loving state, uh, locally and at a distance. <laughs> so this is the radical bit I said at the beginning. This is uh,
0: It is radical, and it could revelize, revolutionize couples therapy, really,
3: couldn't it's it? Good. It, In, you know. it could <laughs> revolutionize everything, psychology, if you think about it. Because this is going on all yeah. the time. So we've, we've monitored conversations locally. And um, we know we're moving in and out of connection all the time. And that's what we know, isn't it? We know that in our relationships. We, we distract ourselves. We think about what we're having for breakfast or dinner. <laughs> we, we've lost contact with Yeah. Them.
0: So you're saying if two people, you know, have wildly different mm. heart rhythms, that would indicate that their relationship's in trouble or would it indicate that they're both trying to express themselves and find their own past? Right, right
3: i need to be really careful we written. haven't done the research across a you know yeah. different qualities of relationship we've largely done people who are already pretty much connected um yeah that's what i would expect but what we do know is that if we've taken strangers and now this is where heart math comes in again because i've a lot of the research has been done with the UK HeartMath community. Um, it's run by Gavin Andrews. He's he's joined me on the res- to help with the research. But his community, we we got pairs together essentially. Sometimes those are strangers. They're trained in HeartMath, so they know about HeartMath, but they've never met each other. Within seconds, they are connecting because they can be present with each other. They've they've learned how to do that already. So the wonderful thing about this is you can teach someone to become more present through the biofeedback, through the technology. Um,
0: Not to manipulate them, but to simply to increase right. understanding between each other. This, this is brilliant. So how does the app work? You download right. it to your phone or- Can I, can I just pick works? up on what you
3: just said? Cause it's really, really important, Theresa. I use yeah. the, well, the app, I can answer both questions. The app measures the two heart rates simultaneously. I can tell you about the technology. It's, it's relatively cheap, very, very cheap actually. Um, and it then goes into one phone at the moment. This is the local version anyway. It goes into one phone via Bluetooth, and then it essentially gets analysed and then displayed, the results displayed in front of the user. Okay. So remember I designed it to see what the intentional effect would be. So if I intended to focus on somebody, my wife, say, I can watch the, the data changing towards more synchronisation. And that is true. But then I started thinking about consciousness, and I'm getting really, really interested, like yourself, in, in what is consciousness. Um, because this clearly has something to do with awareness and what's called non-locality in, in physics, because these are non-local effects we're seeing. And so I then suddenly realized intention is too controlling a word, or could be, right? So Attention. It's attention that that, that really matters. How atten- attentive are we with someone? How present are we with someone? It's as simple as that. So we can we hardly need the the app to show that it can help, but we do know when we're not being attentive to people. Um, we do. We get yeah. distracted and we we interrupt them and we don't listen and all that stuff. So attention is the word I use now, uh, and the app you know monitors our attention levels in the relationship. Um,
0: how much we are yeah. really seeing yeah. hearing being present with that person i 'm awful for that, and it 's called heart bond that's yes it is it's it's it 's still a
3: research app, and it is available on both Android and um, uh, Apple. As I, I just stress it 's still a research app. We are developing it all the time, but it is available to be used if anyone wants to try it. Um, it might be.
0: and, and to, to turn in on that word research that 's how we got connected because you were one of the entries for the ions award weren't you um and what did you get feedback from the institute of noetic sciences no no, on your, no i didn't but
3: but as you know there was an incredibly high standard of entry so um there was,
0: well i think this is pretty well up there would you i, enter I would do yeah
3: um i was delighted that donald Hoffman was one of the, the winners because his his understanding of consciousness has been my own now that we are the consciousness is the state of the universe and we then tap into it I believe through our heart, so, so yeah. I mean, I would enter again. Um, I'm actually going to create my own theory of consciousness based on the heart, linking to the brain. Um, so that that's yeah. the next step. Yeah,
0: because I believe this, Linda. Blackburn yeah, it's a wonderful award. award. I mean, you it's uh,
3: what we need.
0: Yeah. It's going to be yearly now, which is a wonderful thing. And and of course, it is subjective. You know, they're human beings. You know, (laughs) who the winners are. And but they were saying that all the entries, it was it it was. They were just Uh felt so blessed with with the the wealth of of material. And I'm sure you know yours yours was right up there. And it's it's so in tune with the ions message, isn't isn't it? it, What you're doing? Uh, How did you first encounter? Ions. And for people new to this podcast and indeed ions, would you mind just telling your understanding of yeah. ions?
3: Well, how um,
0: it's
3: you? it was Edgar Mitchell, of course, who started it. He, he he was one of the Apollo astronauts, one of the seventh man on the moon, was it? Or sixth? Um, sixth. And sixth, he had one six. of these overview experiences, which is essentially a spiritual experience, looking back at the Earth and realizing the connectedness of it, the oneness of it. That's my understanding. So he he wanted to understand that experience because it changed him profoundly. Um, so the institute was set up, um, and it's been run for many years by uh, Dean Radin, who's whose uh, astonishing astonishing work, absolutely astonishing, in all sorts of areas of what you'd call psychic studies. But I, I try and avoid the word psychic because what, we, what we're measuring, I'm pretty sure of it, is completely normal. I think his book's called Supernormal, isn't it? Um, it, it's not supernatural. It's completely normal.
0: No, what is abnormal? Ab- we've all we've all had dreams no, coming no, true. No. We've all had intuitive hunches. We're all psychic. I I completely agree with psychic. What's dreams. abnormal we is to, to
3: deny it and ignore it and fight, fight it. And that's yes. what causes human suffering, I believe. So,
0: but you're a Brit. How did you find out about it? Because I, I found out about ions. I think about seven years ago. Oh, now. I-
3: Well, through the Um, internet, essentially, and link the links with HeartMath, because once you start searching on this stuff, it's a relatively small world community researching. And, um, there's some key players and IMS is, you know, well up there. HeartMath is one of the others, and there's a few others. Um, but increasing number of people are getting interested. Psychedelics now is getting people to question consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, link.
0: Where do you stand on that? Because I'm, I'm really undecided. I, <laughs> Where I,
3: have, I have mixed views. I'm uh-huh. like you, I have very mixed views because what worries me about psychedelics is that we're so easily, <laughs> now I have to be careful, they're using the word addiction, but psychologically addicted, we could become. Mm-hmm. And so if there's, if there's something to help us get to a state of, let's say, connected consciousness, my worry is that we might just always want that, always need that, become dependent on that. But on the other side, on the flip side, what I'm reading is that, and, and you're know, seeing on videos and things, is that people are having experiences that take them to a place where they, well, well they're, they're finding the connectedness. They're, they're experiencing the connectedness. And when they come out of it, they never forget that. And that, that has to be a good thing. Um, so I'm like you,
0: mm, very mixed But should we need something external like that to to give us, you know, I think it's inbuilt mm. um, I, because I'm, I'm more towards that. I, I think it, you're right, it kind of creates a dependency. It could do. I
3: don't know. The research is, there's a fantastic amount of money pouring in now to, to, to study it, which helps, which helps. <laughs> and, and universities are doing the work. Sadly, I haven't, I haven't been able to find yeah. mainstream scientists yet who will even seriously look at the data. And um discuss it with me because yeah. I'd love to do that. If there's anyone out there listening, please have a look at this data. It's empirical data. I've done it as best as I can. I've recorded it as accurately as I can. And
0: um yeah. So what are you most excited about about the science of consciousness research at the moment? Where where are you most excited? Obviously your own your own heartland work, but what, what other areas are you interested well,
3: in? Well, I, I think the broadest part is is for people to realize they are not separate that they are connected right and and so mm-hmm. i'm drawn towards primary ideas about consciousness that consciousness is primary in the universe and that that i said it earlier but we tap in through our various physical systems and nervous systems into that um, so if we can help people experience that more and accepted because it's not accepted by the majority, certainly the majority of scientists wouldn't accept that. Um, It's still very much a neuronal um, emergent, what's called emergent consciousness idea that the brain creates consciousness. Um, But I certainly, you know, there are are aspects of that that can cause suffering as well because it makes us feel independent. So yeah, I'm, I'm more interested, I guess, two aspects. One is the relationship, just improve individual paired relationship but, but but there's the whole collective thing about how we we work as a, as a species on these huge problems we're facing because we you know they are major and they need they need team effort uh, people pulling together. So yeah.
0: couldn't agree more. And um, so, what does your predictive brain see for heart bond in the coming um, years?
3: That's a question I've been asking myself for several years it could go in so many directions um personally i I am basically a scientist so i've come back to it um via the psychotherapy which i still do by the way um i I would love to get this research replicate our experiments replicated and i call it the mainstream you know the universities um to take it on and you know maybe we've done something stupid I don't think we have, but maybe we have. <laughs> Let's at least discuss it and then start getting other people replicating. So that's that's the first bit. And uh, the second is to – and I'm doing this with my wife, actually. That's what we're going to do in, in the next few years we hope to do, which is bring this stuff to the public in, in the best way we can, um, whether we've got the scientific credibility behind us or not. Because <laughs> –
0: well, uh, I hope this interview helps. Is your wife a scientist She's not. She's, well? she's a
3: head teacher. who just retired on Friday. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, actually, that's interesting. A head teacher, they, to get heart coherence in a school, in wow. a classroom. Well, I
3: need <laughs> to say, she, <laughs> she's applied some of the techniques, and she says they were all successful really? every single time.
0: <laughs> so if a teacher can sort of, like, get the heart rates of a class to synchronise. Yeah, I don't think she's done it
3: quite at that level. She, she is, She's... You know, I can't say do my job, but, but in terms of one to one relationships, um, it can be a good place to practice. And I would recommend that to people. You know, monitor your level of presence and, and open, open, literally open your heart. It's not a metaphor, it is actually physical. It, it will it will change you and the, the person you're connecting with.
0: Um, fabulous. If people wanted to find out more about your research, follow you, ask you questions, try your app, what's the best? portal right
3: so i've got a website um called hotbond.co.uk that's our key um portal um i've got the the various twitters and instagrams i can put those on the links if you want um and we've also got a conference coming up our first conference it's called big hearts in bristol in um in november if anyone in the uk is interested in joining us we're trying to get a community of people together who who get this stuff already intuitively and uh,
0: I love synchronicities because I was on BBC Radio yeah, Bristol nice the yeah. other day, and uh, and it's it's a, a bridge, yeah, isn't it? Break. The Clifton yeah. St. Yeah. The bridge, yeah. meeting place, the bridge, you know, bridge from the material yeah. to the intuitive, the intuitive to the material. I love these synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> they all have, they're like signs, aren't they? Like yes. powerpoints. Thank you, Peter. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, and I do urge everyone listening to check Peter's fascinating and important and healing research out and just before we go when people are seeking you out some images for them to have in mind because they've heard your voice now they've heard your vision and your mission let's give them some images to get to know you better as, as a as a spiritual being um if you were a musical instrument what would it be and why
3: right so that would be a rock guitar, which. Uh... Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah well i'm actually quite a shy guy and sort of um there's part of a
0: lot of musicians are though aren't they well, and it's yeah. through music that they that, can
3: part of me would love express. to be on the stage just going nuts with <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can always do air know, guitar
3: <laughs> yeah maybe the- maybe maybe soon i'll <laughs> try <laughs>
0: So there's that. There's, there's a okay. So we've got the the um, guitar. Okay. So if you could be an animal, insect, fish, reptile, amphibian, what would it be and why?
3: Right. So that that would be a bird, a buzzard. Be,
0: buzzard. Um, now that's very yeah, specific. specific. That's, I mean, a lot of people might have left it at no. bird. You know, why a because buzzard? Because
3: over and over in the last few years, as I've sort of done more and more of this work, a buzzard has appeared when I am either. I've got a really big question a problem an issue or a painful situation and I always feel better when the buzzards I mean on one occasion mm-hmm. my, my dad had just died and this buzzard just came and f- hovered over me for about five minutes it was extraordinary um
0: we often hear about butterflies um, with that yeah. happening don't yeah. we or robins and uh, now I can add buzzards to the mm-hmm. list. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. And then finally, um, if you've read or watched right. Lord of the Rings, it'd be great if you could pull out a fictional character there or object. But if you haven't, is there a fictional character or a movie character that who would you choose and why to be? Right.
3: Well, I haven't read. I haven't read it, but I have seen the film. So
0: yeah. okay, that's absolutely fine because most people are brought to it now film, by yeah. you know. People reading these big books so, now.
3: We
0: live in a time yeah. people haven't
3: got time. So it would be, be Frodo, I think, because yeah, Frodo. because he's quite a vulnerable guy and relatively quiet, <laughs> shy, and yet he's on this quest. <laughs> and I, I, have, I have, I have to be really honest. Here. It's been a really quite difficult ten years because I could feel the power of what what I was working on and there is huge responsibility in getting this stuff out into the world. And it's, there have been some quite a bit of resistance to it. And that story of that continually getting up and brushing yourself off and, you know, fighting questing forward, uh, does 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 resonate with me. Yeah. Oh that's beautiful. So help share the
0: load yeah. with Peter. Yeah. <laughs> he needs your help. Peter Granger, thank you from my heart and soul for your precious time today. I truly appreciate all you do. thank 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 you. Thank you very much. Thank you from my heart and soul for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores. Sensitive, kind, compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help this earth heal and evolve. If you have any questions, stories, or insights to share, I absolutely love hearing from you and aim to reply to everyone in due course. My website is www.teresachung.com. My contact email is angeltalk710 at aol.com. And you can message me via my Instagram handle, theteresachung as well as my Facebook and Twitter author pages. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you. Sending my eternal love and gratitude.